0: Listening to First Church Charlotte.
1: So, Passion Week tonight, and of course, Friday night, we will be in service here, and then we will have All Church Communion on Sunday, and it'll be a great time. It's already been a great week. Taylor got the Holy Ghost on Sunday. So I can't think of anybody who needed it more. So that that worked out really well. Taylor, we love you. We're so excited for what God's doing in your life. Right. It's just better from here. It's just better from here. Some of you other suckers need the Holy Ghost too. So we're going to pray <laughs> you all through this Sunday. You know who you are. And so uh, we love you all in the Lord. And we're honored to, to do to do this thing called life with all of you. I want to uh, let all of you know how uh, honored we are. And I speak first my, for myself and then secondly for all of you. honored to have uh, Pastor Omar Jolly from Elmont, New York. There's a sanctuary there. And he is, a, uh, he is a diligent, anointed, talented young man. He has four boys, so you know he's good people. He's good people, and a lovely wife, so you know he's good people. And uh, we're so honored to have you, brother. Come and open your heart to us. Speak, speak to us. Beat us up, whatever we need. Make yourself at home. Mi casa, su Sukasa. Give me that mic right there. Yeah, that's right.
0: Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight, everyone. Oh, come on. We can do much better than that. If God has blessed you with two hands, it's all right to stand to your feet and lift your voice and give him praise one more time. On this Wednesday night, he's worthy to be praised. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Any high praise in the house tonight? Come on, let's raise the roof just a little bit more and give him our best praise. We worship you, great God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Shake about two or three people's hand next to you. Tell them I'm glad you're standing next to me tonight. Say it like you mean it. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. And uh, you may have your seats just for a little bit and I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go to first church man listen I, I've been I've been watching you guys quite some time uh, via facebook live and and, and i've just been uh, just been so cuckoo for cocoa puffs." Wanting to get here and really just to see it live and to feel what I feel. And I'm excited to be here. What an honor it is to be with you all in this beautiful church. And uh, we give God praise for the glory of God that's in this house. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the presence of the Lord that's here? Amen. We are so thankful for uh, the Spirit of the Lord and that we can worship Him freely. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty so we are thankful for the presence of the Lord on this Wednesday night and we've come amen from there and far we've worked we went to school and and now we're here and though we're wearing our bodies there's a strength that comes when we can lift our hands and our voice amen and God is here and God's going to do amazing things tonight and Friday night and I'm so excited uh, to be with you all and we know in him we live and move and have our being amen and so he's just an awesome wonder uh, to us and uh, I'm so thankful uh, that I'm allowed to be here the privilege to stand before you to bring the word of the lord to you tonight amen and we thank the lord there are many that had plans for today but did not wake up to see today and so for the simple fact that we are breathing that we are alive gives us the right to lift our hands and say to god be the glory for the great things he has done and uh, we thank the Lord for his presence. I will be out of place if I did not give honor to whom honors due. before I get into the word tonight. First of all, I want to give honor to the bishop that's of this house. Amen. Would you give God praise for Bishop? Amen. It's Sister Elms. God bless you. What an awesome man of God he is. Love and appreciate this man of God so much and uh, I, I must say that I've, I've grown to love and respect him from afar. Uh, being district superintendent of North Carolina and just uh, being one of the finest elders in our movement and Um, I'm kind of like the ones that they said in the the New Testament uh, and they stood afar off and I'm just a a far off fan and uh, highly love and respect uh, this the Elms family and uh, very good friends with Pastor David in Fort Lauderdale and and uh, just to be here, and uh, we give honor to Bishop Elms, and uh, we thank the Lord for the elders of the church, amen, and a great, great man of God, and want to say love you, sir, appreciate you, and thank you for all that you do, your influence, and your ministry, and your anointing, and your love for not only people, for, for the kingdom of God, not only just makes an impact right here in this local area, but stretches across New York, and I'm a product of who you are, and uh, and the sacrifice, and the price that you've made, and so we give you double honor tonight, amen, we give Give honor to Pastor Elms and Sister Elms. What a great, great couple and wonderful people and blessed to have the best pastors. Honor this man of God and this lovely family. Can you give God praise for your pastor? Come on, I need you to make some noise if you love your pastor tonight. Amen. We give honor to the man of God and the woman of God, the angel of this house. Man, Praise the Lord for him and uh, blessed to call him a, a friend of mine and uh, man just... Uh, spending some time with him earlier today and having lunch and just to talk. Uh, if I, I told him earlier today, if I would have jumped on a plane back to New York, I wouldn't be disappointed. And uh, I believe that God puts people in your life for a reason. Amen. And I'm thankful for the the, the opportunity to share and to rub shoulders with the tree. And uh, we honor him and we are blessed for tremendous leadership. Good to have good to see Brother Dixon tonight. It's a longtime friend. I appreciate this man of God. We go way back 14, 15 years. I know I look 15, y'all, but I just, believe it or not, but appreciate him and his family. Great man of God. Good to see you, Pastor McCall and his wife, now married. Come on, somebody. Lord, have mercy. I've been going too long. I appreciate them. He's a great friend, great young man, and we honor the, the leadership of this great church. And to all of God's children, we greet you in Jesus' name. Amen. How many is ready for some preaching on a Wednesday night? Man, Let's stand together. We're going to get right into the word of the Lord, the gospel of St. John, chapter number four, and uh, we'll read starting from verse number one, St. John's gospel, uh, chapter number four, and I'll read from the new international version tonight. St. John's gospel, chapter number four, very familiar portion of scripture and story that we if not all, most of us know. Verse number one, the word of the Lord reads, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Shikar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, acts of drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, "'Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, "'but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him "'shall never thirst, "'but the water that I shall give him shall be in him, "'a well of water springing up into everlasting life. "'The woman saith unto him, "'Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, "'neither come hither to draw. "'Jesus saith unto her, "'Go, call thy husband and come hither.' "'And the woman answered and said, "'I have no husband,' Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that sayest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain. Ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain, nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Go down to verse number 28. The scripture says the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this to the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Can you say amen? amen? For the next few moments, I want to focus my attention on verse number 28. The scriptures declared the woman then everything that has transpired has led to this point in time. When the Bible tells us she left her water pot and went to back into her city And say it to everyone, come see a man which told me all things. On this Wednesday night, I've come to preach a simple message to the people of God tonight. My subject is no more water pots. Can you look to somebody to stand into the left and the right of you and tell them no more water pots. No more. No more water pots. Amen. Would you raise your hands with me and would you lift your voice and let's pray that God will anoint us to receive his word. Father, I thank you for the first church tonight. I thank you for the people of God. Thank you for what we feel in this house tonight. I pray, Lord God, that as your word goes forth for your word is already anointed and settled in heaven that you will anoint us to receive tonight. For it's not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit. We pray for eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit has got to say to the church tonight. And Satan, since we know that you're the prince of the power of the air, we decree that you are defeated. We bind principalities and powers. We receive everything, Lord, that the Lord has in store for his people tonight. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. We pray for a move of the Holy Ghost. We pray that you will baptize us all over again with Holy Ghost and fire. That we will leave this place never the same. We thank you in advance for what we feel and what you're going to speak into our spirits tonight in Jesus name and let the people of God say amen Amen. thank you for standing give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you take your seats in Jesus name amen no more water pots Uh, my brothers and sisters saints and friends I believe that on this Wednesday night uh, I think that is it is imperative for me to preface my assignment with an emphatic and prophetic observation and to to declare to the church tonight that God wants you to experience the overflow of abundance in your life. Let me say it again. God wants you. I want to I want to paint a picture of God's intent for the church. He wants you to experience the overflow of abundance in your life. God desires that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And the truth be told tonight, we can have a maximum flow of God's blessings and enjoy fullness of life greater than we've ever imagined. God wants us to experience life in abundance. It is the very reason why Jesus came to the earth. He's declared in his word that I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, or the Amplified Version says, to the full till it overflows. So although there's never a shortage of God's resources, there is often a shortage of our faith on the part of understanding God's goodness. And to experience this goodness, we have to renew our minds and develop a mentality of abundance. Until we know it's God's will for us to live above life's limits, we won't. Therefore, it is essential to understand that where God has placed you determines the proximity of what he has for you. And that is why it's so important to pay attention to your place and never despise the season that you're in in your life. Because the revelation of your season has a due season. Your your life's timeline of events only serves as a portal entry into your destiny. So it doesn't matter what you're going through in life. God knows the end from the beginning. And the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So the enemy can try to disrupt the process. But how many know he cannot destroy your destiny? Yeah, yeah. Every, every attack, every plot, every scheme, every idea, every trick, of the enemy can only have a temporary effect on you but when god gets ready i've come to let somebody know on this wednesday night he will take what the devil meant for evil and turn it around for his glory and for your good i feel like preaching in this house tonight um It is, in fact, your design, your relationship with God, which is spirit, your relationship with self, which is soul, and your relationship with others, which is body. It is your design that holds the key to your destiny. As a matter of fact, God so strategically designed you with singularity of purpose until every fiber of your being, every muscle, every bone, every sinew, the tissues, the vein that your blood flows through. Every part of you was designed to propel you into a promise that has been waiting for you before the day you were born. I've come to tell somebody you're not a mistake tonight. You're you're not an accident. You're not just somebody that just occupies space but the prophet Jeremiah reminds us I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb and before you were born I set you a heart and i believe in these last and closing days why the devil is working overtime is because he is afraid of a church that will walk into their god designed destiny and authority and realize who they are that we're not just a part of a church just to receive an acts 238 experience that's the initial stage but it is an indictment for the people of God to be filled with the spirit but be empty with purpose and meaning and determination and callings I don't know about you tonight but I did not get the Holy Ghost just to talk in tongues but inside of me lies abilities and strengths and callings and abilities that the devil can't touch and so I believe in 2019 in January it's time for the people of God to start Stand up with boldness and speak to the spirit of the age to say, I'm going to walk into what God has designed for my life. This may not be for everybody, but I wonder if I can find at least 25 of you. That's really intentional and serious about walking into what God has designed and purpose for your life. Tonight. We're going to begin by looking at someone who was facing a life of disappointments, a life of loneliness, a life of bitterness. But in the midst of her life, she came face to face with Jesus and took the proper steps into her hope. Tonight, we're going to learn about a woman that Jesus met journeying through Samaria and how the steps that she took changed her direction from one of temporary fills to one of overflowing abundance now I want us to understand real quickly just a couple of interesting facts that we see right away in this story the Bible lets us know that Jesus was in a Judean countryside baptizing when he decides to go to Galilee and we know that Jews and Samaritans did not get along and understanding that Samaritans were of mixed origin they were part Jew and part Assyrian and they were not only half-breeds according to the Jews but they did not practice pure Judaism but a mixture of Judaism among other religions and so because the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along the Jews would normally go around Samaria when they went from Jerusalem to Galilee and back it was not the most direct route but they thought that this would keep them from becoming contaminated by the Samaritans and we know what the Bible lets us know about Samaria Samaria is a place of drunkenness it's a place amen where you wouldn't consider your kids going to school you you did not look for a house in samaria you you did the best you could that when you're on the interstate that you were just going to drive past that exit i'm not going to shop in samaria i don't want to be affiliated with samaria i don't want to be associated with samaria it is a place of drunkenness it is a place of just low down dirty shame but i get excited because the bible lets us know that jesus must needs got you the question tonight aren't you glad that God will go some places to reach people like you and me when other people said we're not worthy to be reached yeah let me say it again aren't you glad that God will go some places that other people would not dare to go in order to reach somebody that is lost This this message is not for the perfect people tonight, but this message is for the real people that's got a testimony that Jesus came your way. And this is the reason why we praise God the way we do on a Wednesday night. Because the truth be told, you could have stayed home and you could have enjoyed a night of Netflix. But something on the inside said to you, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out. When I think about how he came my way, when everybody else left me hanging and everybody forgot about me, you ought to give God a 10-second praise break right now and tell the devil I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Ooh, he came my way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Give your neighbor a high five and tell him he came my way. He came my way. He came my way. I, I don't look this good Bishop Elms because of the money that's in my pocket. Hey amen. I, I have become this far. Amen. By my own ingenuity or strength or abilities. Had it not been for the Lord. I wish I had a church tonight who was on my side. Where would I be? Some of you, you got the same testimony tonight. You should have lost your mind a long time ago. Situations that came in your life could have taken you out. But the simple fact that you're still here. Yes. lets me know that God is on your side. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And no weapon that is formed against you shall be able to prosper. You are to shout for the simple fact that you're still here. After all that you've been through, I'm still here. I should have died a long time ago, but I'm still here. I should have left the church a long time ago, but I'm still here. Had it not been for the Lord who was on my side, I I must needs go down to Samaria. This is why there's a church in Charlotte tonight, because there was a Lord. Jesus that stood by and stopped by and said I must needs find somebody you see God will put angels in places of despair and hopelessness there's no boundaries when it comes to God's reaching his hand is not short that it cannot save he's not intimidated by your low state he's a God that will amen stoop down and right in the dirt of our humanity when others will try to cast stones at us all because watch this he's interested in me. You don't got to like me. He likes me. And this is why nobody loves me more than me because I think that he likes me. And you don't got to take me to lunch. I'll take myself to lunch because he likes me. I wish I had a church. He's interested in me. He's intentional about reaching me. This, this makes no sense, Pastor Jolly, because she's rejected by life. But he wants me. <laughs> I'm going to preach myself happy tonight. Uh, because this, this doesn't make any sense. Because out of all the people to be considered and to be favored, he wants me. If God's going to get glory, he's got to shut the door of man's possibilities and take a situation out of nothing and make it something. Can I tell somebody tonight that God will take your less and he'll do more with it to fulfill his plan for your life? Lord, I, I'm, I'm trying not to get happy too early, but can I say it one more time? God will take your less. He will take the little money that you have, the little joy that you have, the little faith. That's God will take your less. The old church used to say little is much when God is in it. God will take your less and he'll do more with it to fulfill his plan for your life. Yeah. What do you mean, Pastor Jolly? Because some of you need to be convinced tonight. He'll he'll take something broken and messed up and make it whole. He'll use a stick because he's a God that will take your less and he'll do more with it. He'll take a rod against 600 chariots because he's a God that will take less and he'll do more with it. You're not convinced yet. He'll, he'll, he'll take a boy's lunchbox and, and, and he'll take two fishes and five loaves and, and feed 5,000 and have 12 baskets remaining because he's a God that will take less and do more with it. You're you're, you're still not helping me here. He'll take the jawbone of an ass because he's a God that will take less and he'll do more with it, yes? He'll use prostitutes. He'll use idolaters. He'll use a pharaoh. He'll use a Nebuchadnezzar. He'll use a donkey. And devil on this Wednesday night, he can use me too because he will take less and he'll do more with it. I wish somebody could get excited about the little that you have. If you put it in the master's hand, he'll take your less and he'll do more with it. This purpose in your life and get glory. He'll do it because God always meets us where we are. Another interesting thing that we learn in this section is that this woman is coming to get water about the sixth hour. And this will be about noontime. This would be at the very height of the sun and the very hottest part of the day. This is not the normal time for women to be getting water. Normally they would do it around the early morning hours when it's much cooler. So the question bears consideration tonight. Why is this woman getting water at this time? And I want us to get a glimpse of what may be going on with this woman and what she may be feeling and experiencing as we consider some of the customs and manners of this time. Just imagine with me just for one moment that that this woman is in her room and she picks up her clay jar or her water pot and she opens the door and the heat of the day hits her face. And taken back for a moment, she peeks her head out the door and she looks up and down the dusty street. It's hot. But it's quiet. Not the best time to be fetching water. In fact, not a good time to be outside at all. The sun is at its peak and it's beating down on her and she could have gone earlier when it's much cooler. But that means facing the other women there. And she certainly did not want to do that. And that is why she is going now at this hot hour, this uncomfortable hour. She doesn't want to face the other women there. She's the town's bad girl. She's sleeping with a guy whom she's not married to. In fact, she has already been married five times and none of those relationships seems to work out. She does not have much hope of life getting better. She has... Hope for a better life before. In fact, during each of her five marriages, she entered with hope for a better life, but it never seemed to work out, and she found herself back in the same place, bitter and divorced. She had given up on marriage. She had given up on really living. She was lonely and she felt hopeless. She was only existing from one day to the next. She was really only living a shadow of life, not real life and not real living. Because the truth be told tonight, living life without hope is only a shadow of a life. Didn't David say in First Chronicles chapter 29 that our days on earth are like a shadow without hope because our shadows exist, but they do not live. The question I have for somebody tonight is, are you living life on earth like a shadow? Are you living life without hope, only existing? You go from day to day doing what you need to do, trying not to dwell on the past hurts, trying not to dwell on the bad choices. Why did I give into peer pressure? Why didn't I go back to school? Why, why, why? My life is filled with whys, and the truth be told tonight, the past is too painful, and it's challenging sometimes to move forward while being stuck on the stronghold of yesteryears and yesterday's circumstances and the sad part is that even though you move forward you don't think much about the future because you think that uh there's that that that's painful too because there's not much of a future for you anyway so you just exist I'm talking to somebody tonight. You you get up to go to work just another day. You get up to go to school just another day. You do another load of laundry. You make another dinner. You fill out another job application. You register for another college course. Don't think about the past. Don't think about the future. Just go and do what you need to do to get through the day. This is the life that this woman is living. She is living a shadow of a life. Existing without really living. She heads out of town on the path to where the well is and she nears the well and she notices someone there. It's a man. It's a Jew. (sighs) She begins to think to herself, he won't talk to me. Men don't speak to women, and and Jews certainly don't speak to Samaritans. In fact, nobody really speaks to this woman anymore. They may talk about her. They may even talk at her, usually calling her a name, but nobody really talks to her anymore. Her sins and her lifestyle have made her an outcast, and the only one who speaks to her are guys who want something from her. She's having this thought. She is jarred back to the reality by a voice. The man asks for a drink, and he acts in a very pleasant way. She begins to get excited. It's been years. Since someone has asked her question in a nice way for a second, she lets herself begin to hope, hope to be able to have conversation with people, hope for a different life, hope for a future, hope for a new beginning. She stops herself, don't hope, because to hope means to be disappointed again. Who is this man anyway, she thinks. This, does he need to be reminded of the situation? The woman in the greatest mess has the greatest potential. And she has an appointment with destiny. She doesn't even know it. And the Bible says he sits on her well after a long journey. Lord have mercy. He identifies himself with her thirst. He connects with her by identifying himself with her and that won her confidence because if we don't sit where people sit, We will never win their confidence in the church, and this is a revival that's taking place in these last and closing days, where people are going to come back to the church, and they may not look like you, and they may not smell like you, and they may not dress like you. But this is not the time. Suck your teeth. No, this is the time to draw closer and to sit on their well, because if we're going to win their confidence in the church, we've got to identify with their thirst. Hear me, church. Never forget where the Lord has brought us from. We can't get too holy. We can't get too righteous that we forget where we're coming from. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But had it not been for His love, had it not been for His grace, (laughs) He's waiting on this well. He's sitting with anticipation, with intention, with authenticity. I've come to tell somebody that God is waiting on you tonight. Oh, you thought you came to church early waiting for service to start, but long before you walked into the church tonight, God's been waiting on you. God's been sitting on your well. He's waiting on you. He's waiting to bless you. He's waiting to heal you. He's waiting to set you free. He's waiting to, am I? I could just be crazy enough on this Wednesday night. Uh, God could be setting up somebody for a miracle tonight. Amen. Is, is, is this all right? God can set somebody up for their healing. God can set somebody up for their prayer answer. Come on. We're in the middle of praying fasting for this month, but I believe that the windows of heaven can open on this Wednesday night service tonight. Why? Because there's a God that's intentional about reaching you and blessing you. Oh, you thought you came to church because you got an invite and you thought you came to church because this is what we do every Wednesday night, but no, something is happening in the spiritual realm, God is here sitting on your well, and he's saying, if you can just praise me, if you can just open your mouth and give me glory, then I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bring you out, I'm going to deliver you, is anybody here that's got a praise tonight, that you believe God is waiting and sitting on your well, and he wants to do something extraordinary in your life tonight? Come on and lift your hands and reach out to the Lord in the sanctuary. He's waiting on you. She's regulated to a life of fetching water. She keeps on going back to the well because she's always thirsty. The water that she gets only quenches her thirst for a moment, but doesn't change anything else in her life because she's still an outcast. The Bible says she grabs her water pot just to get filled up at the well, only to go back home and exhaust out everything that filled her at a Wednesday night service just to go back home and exhaust out everything that filled her at a Bible study night or a prayer meeting night. She keeps on going back because she's empty and she needs water and she can't survive without it. She dances, she shouts, she probably cries at the altar, she probably worships, she probably knows how to sing, but the reality is she can't stay at the well. She's got to go back home and after she gets filled up, but one thing we know for sure, she keeps coming back and nothing else has change about her life hear me is it possible tonight that we can experience what could be said to be a life changing tonight amen event this week and we can receive and get a word and get direction and get touch and we get encouraged and inspired only to go back home and in everything that God has poured into us gets exhausted and the water she gets from the well is limited Because of her water pot. And so she's content with the routine, even though it brings her momentary feelings. I've come to preach to a church tonight. Beware of the danger of falling in love with a routine. Oh, yes. What's a routine, Pastor Jolly? A routine happens when we do things mechanically. A routine is action without the spirit. It's coming to church with the intent of still doing and living how you want to do and live. It's deeds without love. It's using your hands and your mouth with your mind and your heart somewhere else. Yes, we can appear busy from time to time. We can be occupied with so many things. And we can manage to show some good fruits of our labor and yet miss the point. We can look good on the outside, but deep down on the inside, we're still empty. It is what the Bible says in Revelations that I know your works. You have a name of being alive, but you are dead. That's why we need to examine ourselves every time we come to the house of God trying to prove into the real and basic motives of our intentions and actions. If not, we will have a clear indication that we have been living more out of a routine than a love for God. So she finds herself, and I'm closing, at the mercies of God because she realizes that her life is driven by routine. And to avoid a routine, we have to learn how to look for time and space to be close to God and enjoy, abide in intimacy with him. And the Bible lets us know, Jesus says to her, woman, if you only knew the gift of God. Uh, If you only knew who who it was that that asked you for a drink, you, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. And she said, What? Living water? I mean what what is this man talking about Jesus said that that the water that you're drinking from is going to leave you thirsty again but the well that you're about to drink from oh you will you will never thirst again go call your husband and come back and, and the woman said I don't I don't have a husband and Jesus said yeah you've got yeah, He didn't mention that to embarrass her. He didn't mention that bishop to uh, humiliate her or throw her under the bus. No, he did that to let her know, although I know what you're doing, although, amen, your lifestyle may not be cool. I still love you enough to reach for you. I still want you. I'm still waiting. Yeah. In other words, woman, don't you understand that my water wasn't made to fit in your little water pot. My water was made to take you over. My water was made to give you an overflow. I'm here to let you know that on this Wednesday night, this could be somebody's moment, an opportunity where you've been coming from church to church. You know what it is to worship God. You're at the routine of giving God praise every Sunday and every Wednesday night you come with your water pot and say God just fill me tonight or God touch me tonight or God answer my prayer tonight only to go back home and nothing changes about your life but I flew all the way from New York City to let somebody know that there's a God that says I haven't died on the cross I haven't come to fill up your little water pot the water that you're about to drink from it's going to be in you a well that's springing up into everlasting life I've come to tell you you came to church tonight with your water pot but you're leaving a well Amen Oh, let me say it one more time. You came on this Wednesday night expecting what you always expected, but tonight you're leaving a living well. Something on the inside says God is going to give you an overflow. God is going to give you an abundance. Come on, it's time to break the routine of church. It's time to break the mechanics and let the Holy Ghost come on the inside and do some life-changing experiences. Jesus says, everyone who drinks from this water, from this well will be thirsty again. But whosoever drink this water shall never thirst. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water, living up into everlasting life and running back to town. So many thoughts are rushing through her head and she begins to think, could he really be the long awaited messiah? Her blood is coursing through her body now. She felt her heart beating. Her palms were sweaty, but not from the heat. She was scared, but excited. She was feeling alive. If this was the Messiah, if this was God, then God was willing to speak to me. A sinner like me, someone who made the choices that I made, who lived the life that I live. Does this mean that there's hope? Can my marriage really turn around? Can I really get a financial breakthrough? Can I really be delivered from some internal battles tonight? She was willing to take a step into that hope. This doesn't mean that it's the hope like from the past where it just changes her circumstances, but this hope will not just change a circumstance, but this hope will change her. Some of you tonight, you don't need some things to change in your life. What you need is you need a change. You need a mind makeover. You need a amen to get some things corrected. That's what, what you feel and what you see. And she went back home and the Bible says after this encounter with Jesus, she dropped her water pot. She came back home and she said, come see a man. You, you, you got to see this man. And, and everybody looking at her is like, girl. You said the same thing about husband number one. You said the same, girl, really serious? Pause. I can't chill this you said the same thing about husband number two you said the same thing about husband number three husband number four number and she dropped her water and the bible says when the people looked at her said they noticed something different about her they noticed that she didn't come back home with her water pot. They still looked at her and said, whoa, whoa, aren't you missing something? Aren't you missing that routine? Aren't you missing uh, what, what you do usually mechanically? Uh, she, she came back home without a water pot and, uh, and it was like, you, 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 listen, husband number one through six, uh, it was momentary satisfactions, but, but there's something about number seven. Man, if I was a preacher, I'll preach. Finally, I found the right man. <laughs> I've been looking for love in all the wrong places. I've been looking for pleasures and desires and things of this world. And all that's left me is empty and discouraged and longing for more. But there's something... He's the king of kings. They say that he's the lord of lords. They say that he's a mighty God. That he's the everlasting father. That he's the heart mender. That he's the mind regulator. That he's the life changer. There's something about the man by the name of Jesus. And I feel that there's an overflow of water in this house tonight. If somebody's leaving here empowered and renewed, you're not just going to operate on another level. You're getting ready to operate in another dimension. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. You're going to pray prayers you never prayed before. Uh, You're going to worship God like you've never worshiped God before. There's coming a fresh oil of anointing that's going to be released on you. Why? Because you came here with your water pot, expecting to sing your little two to three praise and and worship songs, uh, expecting to give your little offering in a basket and hear your word, just to walk out of here and say, that was good church. Uh, Oh no, but God's got so much more in store for you tonight. Uh, If you can drop your water pot, uh, and understand that there's a water that's going to flow from the inside. That's going to make you a living well. That's why we've been praying and fasting this month. Not because we're doing it together as a church or not because the pastor said so. We want to obey. We want to be submissive. We want to we be unified. But moreover, I need some water pots to drop in my life. I'm sick and tired of coming to church and going back home the same way that I came and nothing is changing about my life. Nothing is changing about my circumstances. If you want some things to change in your life this year, if you want God to really meet you like he's never met you before and do some things in your life, I don't know where you are tonight, but one thing I know for sure that there is a water that God says once you drink of that water, you will never thirst again. It's more than just speaking into Tongues and Holy Ghost, but there's a lifestyle, there's a this there's a world that's waiting for you, there's a promise that's waiting for you that eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard. Come on, first church, you haven't seen your best days yet, the greater is yet to come because there's an overflow of God's abundance and blessings that wants to be released in this house. This altar is open for somebody that's thirsty tonight to say, I'm dropping my water pot. I need more than just a nice service. I need more than just good singing. I need an overflow of water. Somebody came in here with a drought, but you're leaving here well tonight. You came in here low. You came in here with a spiritual famine. Some of you, you're seeking for direction. You're seeking for God to do some things pertaining to your life. I don't know. Some of you, you're probably in some areas right now where you're praying God about your finances and your relationship and some health situations. There's some personal matters. Hear me tonight. That's going on in your life and man and the, and the enemy, amen, Will like us do, to do his best to try to, amen, exhaust you to the point where you're faithless and you're prayerless and, and you can't believe God anymore, amen, to the point where you just come to church and you just go through the routines and you're it's mechanical. Come on, in your worship and your praise, but God says there's a breakthrough in the house tonight. God says there's a breakthrough in the house tonight. Hear me, he can touch your marriage. He can fix your finances. He can touch your mind. He can change your life. You've got to drop your water pot tonight. You've got to drop the routine and let God's water flow through you. On every hand raised right now let's reach out to the Lord no more water pots no more water pots is anybody hungry tonight for more is anybody thirsty for more oh
1: yes oh yes oh yes oh yes Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you. I'm so glad that Pastor Jolly preached this tonight. This is the essence of what Passion Week is. We're oh, so glad he preached that story. You know, we make this story shallow when we only see it in terms of lost and saved. So much deeper than just lost person meets Jesus. Hallelujah! You see, her water pot is her plan for satisfaction, and we've all got a plan for satisfaction. Yeah. If you get the right job, then you'll be satisfied. If you get the right house, if you get enough money in the bank, that's all. Everybody. Just because you you got in church doesn't mean you don't have a plan. Of what you think would make you happy. You can be as religious, you can be more religious than Sister Elms. She is saved, sanctified, going to heaven. And you can still have a plan for what would make you happy. If I could just find me a man, then I'd be happy. If I could just find me a woman, I'd be happy. I'm not looking for a woman, I found my woman. <laughs> That's your plan. Religious, saved, sanctified, all dressed up in your Sunday, go to meet clothes, And you still have a plan for what would make you happy. And God says, lay it down. And quit trying to carry your little satisfaction kit around with you. And say, if I get the right job, if I get the right car, if I get the right ministry title, then I'll really be happy. No, that's your plan for satisfaction. Lay it down. And say, my plan for satisfaction is a self-mockery. I don't know what would make me happy. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn my heart over to my creator. And I'm going to say, God, why don't you show me what I was made to do and to be. And it doesn't matter how long you've been in the church. Lay your plan down. That money's not going to make you as happy as you think it is. Lord Jesus, we're hungry today. We're hungry today.
0: Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to support our efforts, text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray
1: God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.